You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio. Insurance sales. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And he's driving home one night and it's quite stormy outside and his car breaks down and he's looking around for, for someone to help out. But all the lights are off in this street except for one light that's on in this little pink house. So he gets out of his car, he walks up the driveway, it's a little pink driveway, past the little pink garden, up to the little pink steps, knocks on the little pink door and a little pink lady answers. He's like, oh, excuse me, man, my car's broken down, could I get your help? She's like, oh, sorry, yeah, but the little pink phone's on the fritz in the moment, but uh, tomorrow morning I'll get in my little pink car and I'll drive us both to the mechanics. Uh, for now, though, you can stay in one of my little pink spare rooms. So he goes inside, he walks a little pink entryway, past all the little pink coats and hats, a little pink coat rack, goes up little pink stairs and into a little pink bedroom where there's a little pink bed with a little pink blanket on it, and he climbs inside and the little pink lady goes off to her room. A couple of hours later, another insurance salesman is driving down the same street and his car also mysteriously breaks down. So he gets out of his car, looks for somewhere to go and sure enough, he sees a little pink house. So he walks up the little pink driveway, past the little pink garden, up the little pink steps to the little pink front door and knocks on it. Little pink lady answers it. He's like, oh, my car's broken down. Could I borrow your phone? She's like, oh, the little pink phone's on the fritz at the moment. But uh, if you stay the night, I'm going to go down to the mechanic in the morning and, and we can go talk to him then. So he goes inside, walks in a little pink entranceway, and he goes down a little pink stairs into another little pink spare bedroom where there's a little pink bed and a little pink lamp and a little pink dressing table, and he hops into bed. 
And there's a third door-to-door salesman, insurance salesman. He's driving down the same street and his car breaks down. And he's, of course, looking around for somewhere to go. And he sees the little pink house. So he goes up the little pink driveway, past the little pink garden, up the little pink steps, knocks on the little pink door. And there's a little pink old lady answers it. He's like, oh, my car's broken down. Can I borrow your phone to call some help? She goes, oh, the little pink phone's on the fritz at the moment. But if you stay the night, I'm going down to the mechanics in the morning, my little pink car. So they go inside and she walks him into the little pink lounge room, folds out the little pink fold-out couch, gets him little pink spare blankets and little pink spare pillows and makes a little pink bed up for him. The next morning, all three men wake up in their little pink beds in their little pink bedrooms and walk out to the little pink kitchen. And there's a note stuck to the little pink fridge and little pink handwriting on little pink paper. And it's from the little pink lady. And she says, I've just gone down to the shops. Uh, help yourself to some breakfast and then we'll go see the mechanic. And on the little pink countertop, uh, a box of cornflakes, a box of Cocoa Pops, and a pink, little pink toaster and some little pink bowls and plates. So the first guy goes over and he's like, huh, Cocoa Pops? Haven't had these since I was a kid. Get some Cocoa Pops, pours them in a little pink bowl, sits down and he starts eating. Second bloke goes over and he's like, toast, I've got to start off the day with some toast. Puts some bread in the little pink toaster, spreads on some little pink jam and he sits down for his little pink toast. And the last guy gets up there and he walks over and he's, he's standing there and he's like, now nah, cornflakes is shit. I like Cocoa Pops. Maybe I should have toast, toast, Cocoa Pops, toast. I'm going to have the Cocoa Pops. So he takes the Cocoa Pops, pours himself a bowl, sits down at a little pink table and eats his breakfast. And the moral of this story is two out of three men prefer Cocoa Pops to toast. Welcome back to another episode of Movie Maintenance where some movies definitely need fixing. Bullshit. I'm Damien. I'm Handsome Tom. I'm Carney. And this week we're looking at The Mummy. Masterpiece. Doesn't Loved need it. fixing. Incorrect. What would you fix? Sean, I, I don't think anything. Nothing. Nothing uh, at all. For a film that I'm going into, yeah. I think I'm even on on episode saying that this film is going to need to like be fixed mm. out the wazoo. Right. So past time was correct. Past time was wrong. Past time was correct. Past time needs past handsome called it, I think about six months ago, he was kind of like, yeah, we're definitely going to need to do an episode on The Mummy because it looks mm. like shit. Hey, yeah. Sean, how much fun did we have at for- The Mummy? One of the best film experiences of the year for me. Um, I just, I'm shaking my head. It's in my top five. It was was okay. It was scary at the right bits. It had action. Tom Cruise was running. Russell Crowe had an accent. Yep. The accent wasn't wasn't as bad as the trailer. No, the accent. (laughs) It was okay. Rusty was my favorite. Was probably my favorite part of the movie. Can I jump in then on that Rusty comment? Because yeah. we all know that I'm, I'm partial to Rusty. I don't mind him. His career's pretty good. I like him in movies. Rusty, Rusty boy. Not if he was your absent this. father, you'd be pretty stoked. I, hang on, I'm hang on, hang on. Stoked just hearing that those words out loud. <laughs> you're, you're willing to cop him in Lame Is. I'll cop him absolutely in Lame Is. He is. This? He's the best part of Lame Is, and we can talk about that in a different uh, platform. But when you do your inevitable Lame Is episode, <laughs> no, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's yeah, he's not great in this. I enjoyed it because I really like Rusty. And so yeah. when he's talking, I'm like, oh, Rusty's doing stuff. This is great. He's got two <laughs> different accents on the go. Fuck yeah. But, eh, you know. You're good, his, mate. Eddie Hyde. This <laughs> <laughs> is the character that could do with a lot of fixing. It'd be interesting to see because he's going to be in all the movies. Well, so is, is Tom Cruise, right? Is, he? Uh, he, I, well, is, is Tom Cruise now the mummy? Is that who he is now, effectively? That's, yeah, effectively. Because he had the bandaged hands. clarify something? Yeah, sure. They get to the end and Rusty's kind of like, he's going to be searching the world for a cure, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Why? Is it really that bad what he's got? Well, he's a demon. No, but- He's possessed by a demon. Yeah. So he's got no control? Sometimes. 
not. Sometimes he just loses He basically, control. basically, well, like, imagine, at, he's the Incredible Hulk with a demon inside of him. He is. That's pretty much what he is. But yeah, like at the end where he's like telling what's her name to get away from him yeah. because he doesn't have control. Yeah, no, but then they go to the next scene and he's just like yeah. chilled out. He's back to Tom Cruise. Right, because he's it's, calling his mate. He's like, ah, my friend. And it's like, oh, you've already changed the way you speak. This is interesting. Right. And then he's, you know, riding with the storm behind him. I think him. he's constantly that was at war a with shit it. ending. Uh, was it? Was it, mate? It was. It was beautiful. Uh, it was so, a so brought a smile to my face. We, Sean and I saw it together, and I going in, my expectations were on the floor. The reviews were savage. It was getting absolutely ripped apart, and I'm sitting there going, I, I don't understand. And I wanted to hate this film, Damo. Yeah. I wanted to hate this film, and I had too much fun to I, hate this can film. Can I? I think you lads, yeah. you got together, yeah. yeah, you had a bit of a bros night, oh, and yeah, I think this has affected your opinion of no, the film. It's Look, fun. I don't hate it's the fun. film. But it's average. No. It's an average film. No. And I was even unsure. I'm like, I have a very strong opinion of The First Mummy. I thought it was awesome. It's, Brendan Fraser. Doesn't hold, up, doesn't hold up as well as you think. Can I just say, though, well, Brendan that, Fraser's The Mummy is probably better than Tom Cruise's The Mummy. Agreed. There's no probably about it. Easy. Completely. Please yeah. don't even yeah. say thank probably. You, thank yeah, you. I just, I just wanted to yeah. make sure I had the, the consensus of the room. Yeah. <laughs> so I, after, watch, after watching this one, I'm like, that was pretty average. Maybe my recollection of The Mummy, the original Mummy, wasn't as good. And I rewatched it, and it was barrels of fun. It, it has was, that. Yeah. It was so good. I'm like, this, this it was all yeah. the fun bits in it too. But you know what else? Yeah, it was barrels of fun. Tom Cruise is the mummy. Oh, the, the, Tom Cruise. Why? What about the he graveyard? can't do comedy. They were trying to make another Rick O'Connell. They tried to have the com- comedy of like that Brendan Fraser could pull off and yeah. try to get Tom Cruise. And it, it felt Oh, no, but the, the whole bit where he's shit. like to, to Jake Johnson at the start, he's like, we'll just slip in and out, just like we always do. And then literally smash cut to them running away from that people was shooting at them. There were some seriously Sick. good moments. The yeah, graveyard Hick. the graveyard sequence was great. Yep. Where he yeah, drives gra- off without it. I didn't hate the film. I just thought it was average. And there was bits in there that I'm like. You know it- what? I agree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I just had a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Because I went into it knowing that the reviews were garbage. Yeah. And I just was like, nah. It's, I switched my brain off and went, I'm going to try and have fun because yeah. Russell Crowe's in this. And I like Tom Cruise because he gives 100% in yes. every film that he's in. Look, with, with low expectations, it, it exceeds what you walked in with. Who's going into The Mummy with Tom Cruise in it with high expectations? That's what, like, that's what I'm saying. Your your opinion is flawed because you did have such low expectations. So you're like, oh, it was great. Yeah, because you thought it was going to be absolute garbage. I thought that about Suicide Squad and it was still okay, absolute that was, garbage. That, I mean, that was, that was another level of garbage. That's, <laughs> I mean... That's that's the bottom of the bin where it's just water. Yeah. It's just bin water. That's Suicide Squad. Yeah, with an ibis just drinking it. Just slipping away. Uh, now, see, I a mummy film mm. should make me laugh. Sure. Excitement in the action sequences, mm. have a bit of heart, and also make me scared in the scary sequences. Yeah. Tick, 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 tick. Tick. That's four ticks, Damien. I'm not. Look, I'm not. I'm using, I'm using your full I'm, name just to make my, my opinion. <laughs> okay, more, Thomas. Well, I'm not denying those ticks. Yes, it had all of them, but it also had some fairly average writing, like the "It's not you, it's me." Oh no, that was the best. That was uh, so good. Yeah. Uh, that I was so to, good. You know, um, not not as good as Brendan Fraser yelling at the mummy. <laughs> That's the, mummy. the best yeah. moment of that film. But it also had. It, I felt it was a bit choppy. Why they had to go to England, I don't really. Uh, know. So they could meet up with Henry Jekyll. Yeah, they needed Jekyll, but he didn't need to be in England. I suspect they reshot the start of the film because all of his early scenes, they don't show his face and they show him from over the shoulder and it's very like they're building his character up for one of those, you know, suddenly he walks into frame and, oh, there he is. Yeah, okay. But then they did the bit at the start where he walks into frame and you see him. So it was just weird. I think that when they figured out they wanted to make the dark universe, they got him to shoot a thing at the start with the voiceover that kind of explains everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you what, though, it 
it makes me want to watch the rest of the Dark Universe. Yeah. Like I would go and see the other Dark Universe films. If this is where they're starting from, mm. maybe the problem is though that now they've set the bar here that they can only miss. Yeah. <laughs> Although, see, and and on the on the rusty Hyde Jekyll thing, yeah. I was saying to Sean afterwards, and, and I and I feel this that this is what we need from a Hyde Jekyll performance mm. is I would love to see a Jekyll Hyde where Hyde doesn't look any different from Jekyll, doesn't speak different, maybe just changing his eye colour, mm. and he just sounds and looks exactly like Henry Jekyll, just with no inhibition. So that He's more terrifying because you're like, I don't know if this is Henry or Hyde. That would be interesting. Wouldn't work in a film like The Mummy. You need him to be a no, big brutish. Because he, he needs yeah. to be a monster. I mean, yeah. it's a fucking monster universe. But I, I do like that idea for I don't a different think, film. I don't <laughs> think they go far enough with him looking like a monster, though. I kind of would like him I to be agree. a bit bigger or, like, you know. He is the Hulk. Like, who are we kidding here? Yeah. I mean, well, the Hulk's based off Hyde. But, yeah, he looked just like an angrier Rusty. Like, yeah. Yeah, I reckon he looks like what Rusty looks like on a Saturday night. Yes. Yeah, when, he's, when, <laughs> like, when, when you give him a phone and he can't call his wife right. in a hotel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hide, yeah. Every, every time he appeared, I just imagine, like, you know, Henry Jekyll goes around the world just going, fighting around the world. <laughs> <laughs> but he do, moving forward at, as a Dark Universe franchise, he doesn't feel like enough of a physical threat. And, yeah. and then you've got Tom Cruise doing that really elaborate kick that knocks him out. Yeah. Oh, he like <laughs> flips him over flipped the table. him and kicked him. Yeah. And yeah. We looked at each other like, what? Yeah. But we weren't complaining because it was awesome. <laughs> Can we say, though, um, what's her name? Sophia. Sophia? Yeah. B- B- Batalla. Batalla. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was great. I loved her. Her mummy was yeah. fantastic. No, Scary. She's, she's not going anywhere. Yeah, bizarre. She's awesome. Just, and the the other, uh, Jennifer, Jenny, I can't remember the Jenny actress's name. Jenny was good. She was great. Annabelle Wallace, I think it yes. was. See, I wasn't sold on her. Oh, really? No. Nah. I mean, part of it was the character because it wasn't a very in-depth character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, literally, they'd already slept together. Yeah. She was amazingly attractive for an archaeologist. I mean, I haven't met that many archaeologists. Excuse me. Uh, Harrison but, Ford, Indiana Jones. Yeah, He's I mean, amazingly attractive for an archaeologist. Is. Okay. Look, Come on, mate. Fair. There's a history, but hey. Archaeologists are people to, too, mate. Some are. of them are and very attractive. Look, there's probably percentage that are beautifully attractive. There's probably the minority, if we're being honest. Damo uh, hates archaeologists, everyone. <laughs> I love them. So rude. I'm a man of science, all right? Don't be putting your level of science <laughs> above theirs, all right? Okay. The sexy I'm people in every walk of life. Sure. Yeah, okay. I'm one of them. I get it. <laughs> you know, we exist. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Right. I want, what are you going to do with it, Domo? So, are you just pitching the film as it is? I'm going to take the best parts because there were some good parts. I'm not. Yeah, like, it wasn't lot, the worst film ever made. 98% of it. Very incorrect. I mean, look. I don't want to fight. I love you guys. All right. The love's still there. I want to fight. Well, I'll, fight if you, I'll fight if you hurt my mummy. <laughs> that sounded weird. That's weird. <laughs> oh, Look, okay. this is Carney. I'm mm. keeping her out of it. Mm. Let's uh, let's, let's get jump through. in. Yeah, let's, let's crack on. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to keep the start the same. I like Rusty's voice coming in with "Death is a doorway, and the past cannot remain buried forever," because it's it's pretty good. Cool. Uh, so we're having this happening as it pans across a sandy desert, and we're in the Persian Gulf. A small puff of wind blows over the sand. And do we maybe see a little face in that gust? Maybe we do. A beetle scrambles over the sand. We follow the beetle into a small town located in the desert. We're still close on the beetle as it begins to scramble up the stone side of a building. We hear gunfire. Shots ring out, but this beetle just keeps on climbing and climbing. It's almost at the top of the building and splat. A bullet shoots directly into the beetle. We pan across to see an aerial shot of the small town. Below, extremists are shooting wildly. The locals of the town are collecting their things. They're running in fear. We pan back to the splattered remains of the beetle, only to find them no longer splattered. The splatter outline is still there, but a complete and very much alive beetle stands over it. It flicks its wings and continues to climb onto the top of the building. We stay with it as it approaches three people bunkered down on the roof, avoiding the gunfire. 
He climbs over the shoe of one of these people and up his pant leg. This is Nick Morton, played by Jake Johnson. Oh! Damon. Not Tom Cruise. Tom isn't in my movie. Hey, whoa! Hey, mate. Whoa. Mate. Not in my movie. Oh, whoa. This is... Damo, think of the okay. ramifications. Oh, okay. To build a franchise, though, Tom Cruise is... You can't be building a franchise on Jake Johnson. Oh, oh you couldn't build a franchise off Chris Pratt, could you? No, look. No, nah, but that's a pre-existing... That's a pre-existing fucking Marvel universe, mate. I'm going to... Guardians of the Galaxy was very far out there. No, but it was the whole very much thing in the of Marvel stable. Was, was a gamble. I'm gonna, Damo, I'm going to give you that because back, way back when you couldn't build a franchise off Robert Downey Jr. Or you couldn't build one off Brendan Fraser. Yeah. All right. I'm wondering yeah. the greats here. All right. I'll buy it purely because he's slightly closer in age to probably Annabelle Wills, who plays Jenny, because Tom Cruise is like 50, and that's why. Uh, she's not in my family, though. <clears throat> anyway, uh, so You're yeah. On thin fucking ice. No, um, I'm on. Uh, maybe. Okay. <laughs> but no, Jake Johnson, you need the comedy. I've seen him in a few of the sort of India ones that he does. He's a genuinely Safety wonderful. Not actor. guaranteed. Yes, oh, thank I you. Know. He's perfect for, for me. I'm like, this is this. You take a, you take like Brendan Fraser was a B movie, and they put him in the Mummy, and he was fucking awesome. They should be doing the exact same thing with this one, and they had him. He was great in the movie. He just didn't have enough screen time. I'm giving him screen time. I liked him as a ghost. That was good. That was pretty good. So uh, be Beatles just climbed up his pant leg. He cries out, smacks his leg, and he's just like, I think something just bit me. He's dressed in desert colours, but he's not a soldier. His only weapon is the camera hanging from around his neck. He's a reporter. Jenny Halsey is an American soldier of fortune, not an archaeologist, and as mentioned, not played by Annabelle Wallace. I like this change. She is played by Alison Tolman, also known as Molly Solveston in the first season of Fargo. Oh, okay. Ooh. Okay. okay. Ooh. Right. Damien, you're back on some slightly thicker ice. <laughs> Much like Fargo. Uh, decked out in full military camo gear, she turns to look at him. And so she's sort of been assigned to him as like a protector from the army to help this reporter go through this war zone. She's like, do you really think that's our biggest problem right now? And Nick's like, well, it hurts. Hmm. Another bullet ricochets <laughs> off the lip of the roof near his head. The last person is Abdu Al-Qadir, played by Rami Malek as he's pretty much the only Egyptian actor I know. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. He is Nick's local guide, like his right-hand man. He's sort of the man on the ground. He sort of suggests places for him to go as a reporter, that kind of thing. He scatters across the rooftop with a cry of like, oh, I'll get it for you, and then thrusts his whole arm up Nick's pant leg. <laughs> Nick's trying to like bat him away, but Abdu isn't the brightest spark. Nick's like, stop it, stop. Oh, you're just making a bite more. And Abdu's persistent. He's like, stop. I'm not wearing any underwear. Abdu quickly retracts his arm and Jenny looks across at him in disgust. Nick sees the look. He's like, what? I ran out of clean one. It's like there's clothes washer anywhere around here. <laughs> more bullets ricocheted near their heads and they all scream in fright. We see the beetle crawl out of Nick's pant leg and away. Jenny's like, we need to get you out of here. Nick's sort of like, oh, no, let me take a few more photos. He raises his camera up. She grabs him, pulls him down, and a bullet hits the exact spot he was a second ago. Nick's like, yeah, okay, we can go. <laughs> they all start to scramble towards the back of the building. They shimmy their way down and start making their way through the town. And as we watch, we see that Jenny's clearly the one with the skills in this situation. She sort of tells them when to go, when to stop, and seems to almost have like a sixth sense about the insurgents lurking throughout the town. They're almost to the edge when they see a missile come flying over the top of them. It hits further away, but the blast will cause them to all drop to the ground. Nick's like, are you kidding me? Jenny tells him, that must mean they've got all the locals out of town. Come on, we've got to go. She rushes forward, Abdu right on her heels. Nick's about to go after them when he sees something. He says to himself, not all of them. And we see he's looking across at two kids and their dad, all huddled in terror in the side of a building over the road. Sean's on board. There's a dad and some kids. (laughs) 
Nick looks down the road. There are a couple of insurgents, but they're not looking his way. So he sprints across. He quickly signals the family they should get up and they should follow him. The insurgents, unfortunately, have spotted this by this time, but Jenny has also seen what he's doing. She starts laying down some covering fire. Nick, the two kids and the dad sprint across the road and keep sprinting past the line of armed forces moving into the city. Jenny follows them to safety. So we cut to later and Nick is walking through the cleared out, slightly ruined town, trailing behind a US general who's played by J.K. Simmons. <laughs> I'm on okay. Yeah, yeah again, oh, the ice is getting thicker and I hate it. <laughs> it's all about the I hate that I'm, I'm like, oh, that's good. Oh, that's, oh, fuck you, Damo. The mummy was perfect. Continue. I'm well, still upset mate. about Tom Cruise, frankly, but proceed. It's because you're wrong. But anyway, so Abdu's sort of too close on his heels, like right behind him and Jenny's a bit further away. Nick's yelling at the general. He's like, you know, you almost hit for that missile, you maniac. The general's just ignoring him. Abdu literally steps on Nick's heel at this point, tripping him slightly forward, interrupting his rant. Nick sort of ch- turns and is like, would you back off? Keeps going to the general. What were you thinking? We, then when we finally get out of this place, she makes us come right back in a couple of hours later. Abdu steps on his he- heel again. Nick rounds at him. Five steps, Abdu. Okay, just get five steps back. Unbelievable. She turns back to the general. So, care to explain yourself? What's the big deal? The general stops at the crater site. Well, Mr. Morton, if you're, you're a journalist, supposedly, I thought you might like to see this. He indicates down into the crater, and in it we see the same exposure of the Egyptian burial site that we saw in the movie. Yep. And Nick is just struck speechless. So I, I want it to be more of an accident they found this thing. Sure. Like, they didn't know it was there. Okay. Because it's not in Egypt. It's fucking way off. Yeah. How they, did they in the he film? Has a map. The thing? It's a similar thing. Yeah. It gets blown up. Oh, he gets blown up. He stole but, the map from but Jenny. He stole the map. Yeah. They know it's there. Yes. They're actually there. And the reason, the reason it gets blown up is because they turn up and the gunfight starts. Yeah. yeah. But again, they, they know of its location. So it's all a little convenient. Mm. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it's a bit of a, just a fluke of shit. We found a temple. Yeah. All right. So we cut again. Now the whole group is down in the burial site. Like I said, it looks much the same as it did in the movie. Nick's also looking a little bit sweaty. Like he's not looking that well as they move about. And Jenny notices. She's like, are you feeling okay? He replies, yeah, I feel great. Are you seeing this? This is amazing. Nick reaches towards one of the statue and the general barks out, don't touch anything. Nick snatches his arm back and behind him we see Abdu mimic the exact same action. <laughs> Again, stepping close to Nick. <laughs> I Ge- love it. The general continues. You are here as a journalist only. Do you understand? No touching anything. Nick's like, yeah, Abdu, no touching anything. <laughs> the general continues. You can take photos, but that's it. If our media equipment hadn't got destroyed in the last skirmish, I wouldn't let you down here. But as it is, your camera is better than anything we've got. And most of the soldiers can't take photos for shit. <laughs> Jenny in the background sort of puts up her hand to protest. I can hear, I can hear the J.K. Simmons and most yeah. of them can't take photos for shit and just walks like her. <laughs> well, Jenny sort of puts up her hand to protest and he's like, shut up. What's <laughs> we go back to Nick and he's like, so take photos and nothing else. And then make sure you provide your camera to me when you're done. Nick's like, yes, sir. General walks off and Nick turns to Jenny. What a dick, right? <laughs> and then gets cut off as once more Abdu, who's looking at had him intently, Steps on his heel. He's like, Abdu, five paces. Abdu quickly hurries back, <laughs> counting out loud to five as he does so. <laughs> Jenny sort of says to Nick, at least he's wearing underwear. Nick goes to say something but stops and he's like, ah, I got nothing. You got me there. Let's take some photos. <laughs> Nick starts taking a multitude of photos around the site. Abdu always hanging exactly five paces behind him while Jenny stays nearby as protection. All of them slowly moving towards the pool at the middle. Other soldiers also move around the site. Our trio stop in front of the pool and Jenny says, that doesn't look like water. Abdu tells them, it's mercury. And they both look at him like, whoa, this guy actually knows something. (laughs) And he just sort of stares back at them blankly. Nick goes, well, it's going to make a great photo. And he sort of moves in closer. He's having trouble getting the right angle. So he goes to step over the barrier surrounding the pool. Jenny's like, what are you doing? He's like, I need to get closer. She's like, we were told not to touch anything. He says, I'm not, see? 
and he steps carefully one leg over the barrier with the bottom of his like pants crust just missing the top of the barrier. And he's like, when are you going to start realizing I'm amazing? Goes to move his other leg, it gets caught over the barrier, he trips and the barrier breaks. <laughs> Instantly, gears move and the chamber starts to rumble. And she's like, ah, oh, probably never. Abdu sort of looks at Nick, he's like, oh, I come with you. And he starts moving towards him like, Nick's like, no, get away. <laughs> and then the traps start going off. One soldier turns to a hissing noise and acid shoots out of a fissure in the rock and sprays him in the face. Ooh. He goes down screaming. Spiders, like we saw in the film, gush yeah. out of another did, part I did of like the cabin. Spiders. Like in a good way. Yeah. yeah. In a I, scary I actually way. turned you and I was like, I my feet on the, on the chair in front of me. Just in case. <laughs> right. Because if, if, if like some dude had like just his shoelace had to brush my leg, I would have squealed. <laughs> yeah, okay. So these spiders come rushing out. They sort of head towards three soldiers near the entrance. They sort of fire at them, but to no avail. The spiders climb over them, and when they leave, they're all dead. A straight wire emerges from one wall, shoots across the room, decapitating more soldiers. (laughs) Jesus. Nick, Abdu, and Jenny are kneeling down, trying to avoid the chaos, only to see a number of vipers start spewing out of a hole beside them. Jenny uses a dagger to cut down the first few and pushes the others back. Something starts to rise out of the mercury. They run around the site, dodging flying weaponry, just missing falling into holes, jumping over snakes, as around them more soldiers die. Suddenly a quiet descends, except for the sound of breathing and a few whimpering cries from the soldiers. It seems like all the traps have gone off. Nick turns to Abdu, who's once more standing right behind him, <laughs> ready to tell him to back off, but he sees him staring at something in shock. Nick follows his sight and sees the imposing black sarcophagus hanging in the air. Nice. All, all three stare at it for a beat. Nick asks, what do you think it is? A coffin, Jenny says. A sarcophagus, Abdu corrects her. A prison, a loud voice cries from the back of the room. They all turn to see Dr. Jekyll, a.k.a. Rusty, hey. confidently into the cavern. Welcome, Rusty. Uh, it's good to have you here. Good. Because before the film, Tom and I were like, okay, how long do you reckon before we get to see Rusty's face? And we both thought about 20 minutes, probably first sure. act turn or which, something Which like is that. probably when you are supposed to see it. Yeah. yeah. But they added that thing at the start, I guess. Yeah. Damn, mm-hmm. I like that you got rid of just the stupidity of Nick shooting the thing. Yeah. Like and opening it up because it's like, and the first mummy had that too where they do the stupid thing where she opens the, yeah. like she reads the Book of the Dead or whatever and right. they, they wake it up. I hate it when they just do like a, I mean, I know you had it's him like trip a dumb over ag- and do it, arrogance, but it, it but yeah. fits his character. Yes. Whereas in the first mummy, she was incredibly intelligent. It yeah. doesn't make sense for her to she do something known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It would be a bit of Uncle Jonathan read the Book of the Dead and started yes. the dead by accident. Right. Fuck that. Wow. There's the fix on right. the original we'll just mummy. just fix the original Shani's. mummy. Beautiful. Not that there's a lot to fix. No, that's similar to this yeah. mummy. Yeah. Let's go. He just agreed with me. No, I'm not. He just agreed. No, oh, I he saw just him agreed. Nod. He, he nodded. Oh. <laughs> it was a trick nod. We got him. <laughs> I hate you guys. Uh, I love you, but I hate you. <laughs> I love that you can't even be mean. <laughs> Demo just can't be mean. Just not anybody. <laughs> So, next, they're on a carrier plane. Nick, Abdu, Jenny, the general, Jekyll, and some soldiers as it flies over the desert. Jekyll I- on a plane. <laughs> I just wouldn't like it. I didn't think of that, but yeah, that would have been No, nah, but it's all right because, like, he's probably under control, right? Mm. I would have liked in the film if just before he, you know how he has to inject himself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't really have any, like, symptoms. Like, you know, when he first introduces mm. himself to Nick, he should be like, he should come out and be, like, sweating and be a right. bit fucked up yeah, before yeah, he has yeah. to inject because yeah. how much of a warning does he get? Mm. Not much. No, no, no. So maybe don't get him on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Jekyll's on a plane. Yeah. So they're all on the plane. The sarcophagus is hanging below it. The general looks quite angry. Not a, he's not addressing anyone. It's tense. It's silent. Nick looks like he's about to address the general and Jenny hits him in the guts to keep him quiet. It doesn't work. He's like, general, I... He starts, but he cut it off <laughs> as the general yells, I told you not to touch anything. <laughs> Nick leaves it. Instead, he turns to Jekyll and asks, why did you mean it was a prison? 
So this is where we get the backstory. Jekyll explains how there was this old tale of a pharaoh's daughter who committed patricide while also killing her baby brother after making a deal with Set, the god of death. The deal she made granted her a knife with a ruby in the hilt, which she would use to kill her lover, thereby allowing Set to inhabit his body and gain access to our world, with her ruling as his queen. Sick. Do we still get all like the flashbacks and stuff with the actress? Yes. Yeah, so this cool. is where we're getting all that. Because I, I didn't like that. It was just straight up. Just here you go. Here it is. I said that's I'll tell Tom, you the first yeah. After first we watched the film, see. we were like, I actually hate it when the movies do that because that's that's your antagonist and yeah. like drip feed it a little bit. Right. Don't just give it at the start because yeah. it's lazy. It's, like, it's the equivalent I'm, of having like words like on the I screen. couldn't agree start. more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're copping out words on the screen. Star Wars, every film starts with yeah. words on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Lazy. You don't, but you don't need it for this. Like she's like, we know and it's going to be And the story you know later on. Story. It's almost yeah. like that bit with Rusty narrating her story yes. was put over the top because there's, there's literally a bit where Jenny tells the same story yeah. pretty mm. much word for word. The Rusty bit at the start is because it wasn't added well in after. Structured movie. Yeah. All right, I'll give you that, Damien. Yeah. So, yeah, so he's telling her all of this. Um, he explains that, yeah, she was caught before she could complete the ritual, uh, but after she killed her father and brother, and she was so condemned that they wouldn't even let her remain stay in Egypt. So instead were buried at some secret location. Historians, he tells them, had never been able to determine if the story was true or just a way to dissuade anyone from the idea of killing a pharaoh. It would seem it was true. Who are you, Nick asks. He's like, I work at the university in Cairo, Jekyll explains. I'm a doctor, among other things. <laughs> Nick's like, so why are you here? He just sort of says, this is one of those other things. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> this is when Nick looks down to see part of his glove is rolled back and we can see the sort of splotchy skin with all the needle marks on it. Jekyll sees him, quickly rolls it down. Meanwhile, Nick, again, he's still looking pretty unwell himself. He's kind of looking sick. He seems like he's fine, but he's not looking great. Anyway, he turns to go back to the general and he's like, again, I just want to say I'm really, again, he gets cut off. I told you not to touch anything. <laughs> so they land in Egypt. Because I'm like, this is a mummy movie. I want it in Egypt. Good. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Fair. Fair. So they land in Egypt and they all head towards Jekyll's University, which is just like Cairo University. Sure. This is where the office is going to get kept. Meanwhile, they all sort of get given rooms. I've, I've got it. There's like a wing where people can stay. Student accommodation or whatever. Yep. Abdu tries to walk directly into Nick's room with him, still just way too familiar, not getting his role. Nick sort of pushes him back into his old room. Nick's about to enter his and Jenny asks him, are you feeling okay? He's still adamant. Yeah, I feel great despite the fact he looks like shit. Tells her he just needs some sleep. He goes into his room, sits on his bed and rolls up his pant leg. We see it is covered with infected oozing bites from the beetle. Damn. Nick's like, well, that's not good, but he's exhausted, (laughs) lies down, goes to sleep. (laughs) Which is in character for Jake Johnson. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Tom Cruise would run. Yeah, he would start running. He wouldn't know where, but man, would he run. Mm-hmm. So now we're not going to get a run. No run. But it's night time. All lights in the university are off. We sort of plan through the dark corridor, snaking around through the university until we get to the examination room where the sarcophagus sits. We pan up close to it. It's still for a moment for a couple of tiny legs, those from a beetle, stick out from under the heavy lid. The beetle's head just squeezes through, followed by its thorax. The beetle climbs down the sarcophagus, sarcophagus's side and away. Then another beetle escapes under the lid. And another, until a flood of beetles comes swarming out oh. and the lid opens just a crack, enough for a hand to reach out and uh, grab the side. Hey. Oh, can I say, only a scientist would be like, then it's thorax? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, then the rest of the beetle climbs out of the box. <laughs> but you're the science guy, Tom. Yeah, I am. I'm just doing no, it. That, that solves the science debate. Let's move on with okay. that. <laughs> you got nothing, Tom. <laughs> so cut to it's morning. We pan up from the floor as Nick gets out of bed. And we see that his leg now looks completely fine. Not a mark left from the bug beak. But damn. sort of jumps up and we get the day that he's, he's feeling pretty good too. Until he looks to the corner to see a smiling Abdu waiting in his room. <laughs> 
Abdi's like, good morning. You, I, I am five paces away. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, how long have you been? No, don't answer. I don't want to know. And then he would answer. <laughs> yeah. Abdi just sort of smiles and nods. And he's like, how are you feeling this morning? Nick's like, yeah, I feel great. Some weird dreams, but good. There's a knock on the door and Jenny sticks her head in. She's like, well, you're looking better. Then she's like, come on. Jekyll has asked us to meet him by the sarcophagus. Apparently something's happened. Nick's like, okay. And waits as no one leaves his room. He's like, well, I have to get changed. Jenny's like, right, ducks out. Abdu picks up his pants and starts to like <laughs> try to help him on with it. And he's like, no, out. <laughs> so Nick quickly gets dressed and he's about to leave the room, but he stops when he sees something. It's his reflection in a small mirror by the door. And in it, he looks decrepit. He looks dead. Basically like how his character did in the movie. He stops and studies it for a moment and just sort of shakes his head and leaves. Then Nick and Jenny approaching the examination room where the sarcophagus is, Abdu trailing behind them. They pass through Jekyll's room, and I figure here we can have all the Easter eggs we saw in the film of other monster movies like Dracula's Skull, Hand of the Creature from the Black Lagoon, yeah. all those fun stuff. Cool. And Nick's like, so I really look all right to you, to Jenny? She's like, yes, you're, you're very handsome. He's like, well, it wasn't fishing, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they enter the room to see Jekyll standing over the sarcophagus. It's open and empty. Nick's like, uh, shouldn't there be a mummy in there? Jekyll turns to face him. He's like, indeed there should. And that's when they hear a scream. They all run through Jekyll's office and out into the hallways. Jekyll grabs one of his uh, syringes as he goes through. So I want to do this thing here where we sort of pan up over the universe into like an aerial shot, but without its roof on, like a cluedy board, but 3D. (laughs) Yep, cool. Nice, nice. And so we sort of move from one area of the university over and then pan into this sort of big study area where you see a body on the floor. Several people enter the room having heard the scream. A few rush over to the body and others start looking around the room to try to see the cause of the accident. They can't see anything, but we see a flash move across the screen and one of the people drops down behind the desk with a cry. One of the others yell out to him to see if it's okay and we hear this like whooshing noise. The man stands up and looks at them with the dead eyes of a zombie corpse. The person on the floor likewise awakens in a similar state. Someone screams and the newly made mummies rush them. We quickly pan back up over the university and move back over to the gang and down onto them. They're running through the hallways. They stop at an intersection unsure where to go, hear another scream and head towards it become face-to-face with some more zombie corpses. I like the kiss of the mummy. I like that they mm. made the mummy kiss people to turn them yep. into mum, like into undead. That's the whole yes. thing, which, which is missing from the Brendan Fraser films, but that's what mm. the mummy did. It would suck your face yes. off, turn you into a mummy. Exactly mm. right. And you need the army of mummies as well. Yeah. You can't just have one. So they're running down. There's uh, some zombie You're mummies. Right, no, I was getting a bit cold. Running <laughs> a bit of, a, bit of a chill gone through the room. Uh, so there's, yeah, some zombies running behind them. We see Jekyll's hand twitch. Before he can do anything, Jenny, badass that she is, pulls a pistol and starts firing, urging the others back and down a different hallway. We pan up and move to a different section of the university. We hear the stomp of feet as soldiers stream into a large wing of the university, completing a tactical sweep. They check the adjoining smaller rooms. Nothing. Then one approaches these wide wooden double doors. There's a knocking coming from the other side of it, uneven and scratchy. He pulls his rifle, ready to shoot, and throws the doors open wide, only to have a wave of mummies wash over him and into the room. We pan up and move back over to the gang. They run, mummies trailing behind them, and they enter a massive library. They throw the door closed. Jenny and Nick push one bookshelf against the door. Jekyll pushes another, all by himself. Nick turns around to admonish Abdu for doing nothing, only to see him entranced by something. They all turn to look, and there we see the cause for all this chaos. Amanet, sitting relaxed as she scans through an old book. She casually finishes her reading and then looks up at them, smiling. She drops the book and slowly starts to approach, eyes only for Nick. He sort of says out of the side of his mouth to Jenny, uh, why is she looking at me like that? And she's like, I don't know. 
I mean, it says something in ancient Egyptian, but we don't know what. There's no subtitles and moves even closer. Finally, Jenny raises her pistol at her. I mean, it stops, sort of looks her up and down, then opens her jaw wide, wider than humanly possible, and starts sucking Jenny's soul from her. <gasps> Jenny's eyes go wide and she drops to her knees. Nick's about to attack when a giant figure jumps over from behind him and onto the mummy. Hyde has been released. Yeah. All right. It's so like we said, I want a big Hulk version of... Is it, like, is it kind of like what they did in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Yeah. With, think- uh, with Jason Flynn, is it? Yeah, yes. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason Fleming? Fleming, that's it. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, like not green, but an angrier, older, older, rustier version of the Hulk yeah. is what <laughs> I want to say. Yeah. I, I like to think that he tries to inject himself and during the chaos, maybe Jenny knocks out of his hand and oh, stomped good. on my mum. Yeah. Right. So okay, he's literally yeah. got nothing else. Because he's got no like, control over when it happens. Yeah. Shit, and then he just runs and he's like, and the whole time he's sort of mm. looking around like, fuck, fuck, yeah. fuck, fuck. But yeah. just because of the chaos, he can't catch up. He has to give in to Hyde. Yeah. I'm yeah. not that familiar with Hyde. He has no control, does he, over no. when no, it happens. No, no, really. So that's a good idea. Knock it out of his hand. Yeah. And then, so have him, he's yeah. aware of it, but he basically chooses that Hyde needs to come in here. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So, so he's not in control, but he can feel it coming and he yeah. ignores it. Yeah, he ignores yeah. The, the needle. Yeah. Oh, so that's even better than my idea. <laughs> <laughs> now, just, just to clarify for my yeah. own brain, Arminette, she looks like Arminette, but or does she look like mummy Arminette? Is yeah. she gross or is she beautiful? Is uh, she, or, is she, or is she what she's like when they capture her and she's kind of half? No, well, she's already sucked a few people. To, so to me, she's she's just regular Arminette. Okay. Okay. like she's already gone around like the whooshing earlier. Does she her. have all the <laughs> tattoos and shit and all the, yeah. the paint? I, and I just cool. see her the like same the, as what I she like, looked like. She got the, the blue fingers. And yeah. Looks yeah. like she's fingered a dolphin or something. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like she's fingered a dolphin. Yeah. Why is it blue? <laughs> it's a dolphin. Wouldn't it? Would, sorry, but just for like the gross analogy, wouldn't yeah, it be better? Let's get into the biology here. Yeah. No, no, no. If you're gonna go, oh, she looks like she fingered a dolphin. Yeah, no, your I fingers will. are blue. I. Well, wouldn't it be uh, easy to be like, looks like she fingered a Smurf? Yeah. Mate, I went with I went with something that's real. <laughs> Talking about a mummy. I don't care. I'm trying to ground it in reality. So I went with the dolphin. <laughs> Demo, let's continue, mate. All right. <laughs> she got a couple. She got bandages on her a little bit, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's cool. like half mummy, half. You know. Oh, okay. She's still like she because that was pretty terrible. Like you said, she was pretty terrifying in that mummy role. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. One was because she was awesome, but yeah, all the effects she was I really very liked. Scary. So Hyde and Arminette go one on one. She tries to suck the life from him, but he just backhands her to the ground. She pounces up. She's agility and grace. Hyde is pure force. So this sort of goes on for a bit. They're sort of smashing up the library as they go. Finally, she jumps up onto a bookshelf, sort of blows Nick a kiss. Again, we don't really know why. <laughs> jumps out a broken window and gets away. Hyde turns to the others and grins. And that's when Nick's like, oh, shit. And Hyde charges at them. <laughs> they leap out of the way and Hyde's like, oh, don't be like that. <laughs> Looking ready to charge again. But he stops when he sees Jekyll's three-pointed syringe, which has fallen out of his bag by the door. He sort of growls and moves towards it, knowing that it's his one weakness. Yep. But Jenny's closer. She grabs it and stands as the big guy approaches. He charges. She dives out of the way, jumps back up and slams the needle into the back of Hyde's hand. He buckles, drops to the ground and slowly reverts back into Jekyll. Nick is like, what the hell was that? <laughs> so this is where Jekyll explains his condition as well as the fact that he's the role, uh, his role as the leader of Prodigium, a secret society ded- dedicated to hunting supernatural threats. Because he never explains <laughs> no, he that doesn't. he becomes Hyde, does he, in the film? No. That, no. Is, a, that is a glaring, uh, glaring omission. Yeah. Still a good film, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Still perfect. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, he goes on to explain that he believes evil, evil is simply a pathogen, one that must have a cure. And then Nick asks, well, what did she say to me, referencing when Arminette was first approaching him? Jekyll looks at him and goes, he chose well, he tells him. Nick's like, well, what does that mean? But Jekyll doesn't respond. Instead, he walks through the massive bookshelves and pick, picks up the book Arminette had been reading. In it, we see an image of a tomb. 
her father's, as well as an image of the dagger, which ended up being buried with him. Jekyll explains that, well, he's going to go to the tomb and he's going to try to beat her to the dagger, which is clearly what she's after. And he also wants them to come with him because she's clearly got some weird fascination with Nick and he basically wants to use Nick as bait. (laughs) So as they're leaving the library, Nick looks into a pane of broken glass to see his reflection still decrepit, looking Mm. back at him. So now we see Arminette pass through the city like a plague. Beetles swarm out from underneath her wraps. She emits black smoke that chokes and kills those around her and she pauses occasionally to kiss civilians running away (laughs) and turning them into mummies. The team, now joined by the general and his forces, follow her trail of destruction, having to gun down mummies and squish beetles as they go. Do you know this doesn't have those, Sean? Yes. There is no beat where she's in the church on top of Tom Cruise. Best scene in the film. And Jenny runs in and they all just look And he just looks and he goes, Jenny? Jenny. Look, Run! Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that one, and you're right. And then we'll try oh, to slip that in somewhere. Be- that beautiful bit where he punches it through the head. Yeah. It was very reminiscent of Billy Zane and Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those are those are good bits. Those are good bits. We'll just imagine that this has that in there at some yeah. point. Yeah, there's yeah. a bit where Tom Cruise is in room for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they make it through to the outskirts of the city and towards the sunken entrance of the burial chamber. So they sort of go down to the burial chamber. We sort of got a similar thing where they're walking through this dark chamber and mummies are jumping out at them. We get to the centre of the chamber, to the burial site, to find Aminet standing near her father's sarcophagus, about to open it. All the soldiers start firing on her immediately and she leaps up to the ceiling and into the shadows. It's dark and quiet as they wait to see where she'll strike. She leaps down onto a soldier, tears his throat out, gunfire shoots, but she leaps away into the dark again. This continues as Nick, using distraction, throws over the sarcophagus and takes out the knife. He calls out in victory, sort of holding it above his head. Yeah, I did it. Only to see Arminet turn around and spot him. He's like, ah, shit. She leaps up, lands behind him and wraps her hands around his neck. Everyone in the room stops. She has a bit of a creepy or sexy, kind of your choice if you find mummy sexy or not, but sort of like rubs against him and then she lets him go. And she just demands an Egyptian, we sort of see subtitles this time, give me the knife. And Nick finds his hand, he starts moving towards her against his will. Jenny's like, Nick, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know, I can't control it. With a huge force of will, he throws the knife to Jenny. Amnet screeches and rushes towards her. Jenny throws the knife back to Nick. Amnet turns on him, so he throws it over to Abdu, who catches it, and smiles wickedly. Amnet slowly walks towards Abdu, who kneels, holding out the dagger to her. Demo! She takes it and gives him a pat on the head like one would a pet. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. Nick's like... Uh, Abdu, what the fucking hell? <laughs> and he sort of starts to make a move, but Amunet holds up her hand and again, Nick stops, unable to move. You have been chosen, Abdu explains. He tells them how he's a priest of Set, the god of death, and that he has manufactured events to allow Amunet to escape, while also preparing her with a new vessel for what Set's the return. Nick. I thought he was just a dumb boy, but he's a very clever boy. He's a clever boy. Uh, Mr. Robot, he's now Mr. Mummy. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick's like, preparing, what does that mean? And then Abdu says with a grin, you died from the scabbard's bite and I brought you back with this. From out of his satchel, he pulls out the book of the dead. Oh, nice. So basically Nick during the night has died and Abdu in his room has brought him back. And that's why he's so healthy. That's also why he looks like shit in the mirror. Oh boy. Because he's kind of cursed. Oh, wow. That's when Amanet notices something. Where is the stone? She screeches. Abdu looks to her, then to the knife. And we see that the bright red ruby isn't in it. Jenny fires at the distracted Abdu, shooting his hand, causing him to drop the book. Aminet, now furious, drops her spell on Nick and starts spewing more acrid black smoke out of her mouth. The remaining soldiers start coughing on it and flee the room. Before following them, Nick rushes over to Abdu, who's kneeled over, holding his broken hand, punches him and snatches the Book of the Dead off the ground. 
Nick, Jenny, Jekyll, the general, and the remaining soldiers race through the corridors of the chamber, the smoke right behind them, a race against death. They escape out of the entrance of the tomb and fall onto the sandy ground as the smoke billows out and away. The general drops down, coughing violently. Blood shoots from his mouth. Nick leans over him, telling him, like, just breathe, it's going to be all right. But the general knows he's dying. He just says to him, figure out a way to stop that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he coughs some more. It would be good if he did the bit from earlier. He's like, you shouldn't have touched it. <laughs> yeah, I told you not to touch it. <laughs> he yeah. says, I found a way to kill good. that bitch. I told, I told you, you not, not to, to touch <laughs> anything. <laughs> no, st- so Nick's pretty distraught. He's like, well, what are we going to do now? And then Jekyll says, we need to find the stone before she does. So Jenny's like, yeah, well, let's do it. He goes, well, no one knows where it is. Then Jekyll explains. He goes, except maybe one man, but there's a problem there. Then he looks down at the Book of the Dead in Nick's arms. And he says, although maybe a solution as well. They stand over a gravesite. Jekyll has the book open in his arms and explains, this man once searched for the stone, he explains. He and his wife, at least according to the diaries. He goes on to say that apparently they never found the stone, but there's something in the diaries that caused Jekyll to suspect otherwise. Uh, Well, he uh, says, let's wake him up and have a chat. What? Nick cries. You want to raise more people from the dead? Are you insane? He's like, why don't you use that book to break my curse instead? Jekyll tells him that he can't do that. Maybe if he had the book of the living, that would work, but that was stolen years ago. Nick continues to protest against the idea, and Jekyll explains that if Aminette finds the stone, she'll be able to bring Set back to life and literally take over the world. But Nick's just getting more and more worked up. He's like, he's, he's clearly just distraught. With an outburst, he's like, fine, but if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be me since I'm basically dead anyway. Sean, I think I, I, think I know what he's doing and it's going to blow. Continue. Proceed. So Nick's upset. He's either on the verge of tears or literally about to lose his mind altogether. Jenny steps up to him. We think she's going to slap him to sort of get some sense into him. But instead, she reaches out and pulls him into a big hug. Aww. It's not romantic or sexual or anything like that. It's just one friend giving comfort to another. Nick's shocked for a moment, but then returns a hug, holding onto her tightly. Two people holding each other because the whole world has gone friggin' crazy. Oh, it's a bit bloody beautiful. It's a bit, there's the heart right there. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. So uh, it's got laughs, it's got action. Anyway, continue. Yeah, yeah. So after B, Jekyll clears his throat. He's got no real time for sentiment and explains what Nick has to do to enact the ritual. Nick begins. Soil falling away and a hand shoots up through the dirt. They back off as a skeleton in tattered rags pulls itself from the ground. It comes free and starts lurching towards them with guttural growls. Jenny picks up a thick stick from the ground nearby, ready to use it, but the skeleton stops. Its growls turns to coughs as dirt and insects fly out of its mouth. Once it's done, the skeleton clears its throat, looks down at itself, sighing angrily. The dead eyes of Rick O'Connell look oh, at them yes! and oh, says, shit. What have you done? Oh, yes. All right. Oh, all right. All right, Damo. Fucking hell. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow, shit. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Fucking hell. All, all, right. four, all four of them, including Skeleton Rick O'Connell, ride camels across a desert. <laughs> They're all dressed in thick robes and hoods, and Rick explains how he and his wife found the location of the gem but decided not to unearth it to avoid this exact kind of thing, giving them a very judgmental look as he says his last <laughs> Without eyes. <laughs> Without eyes. <laughs> As they ride, Nick looks almost in a trance, and we see his eyes kind of glass over. We jump to Aminette and Abdu in a house somewhere, its previous owner now a dried corpse by Aminette's feet. She's basically using her double-pupiled eyes to see through Nick's. She smiles as they lead her right to what she wants. 
Behind her, Abdu is crying over his ruined hand. She like rolls her eyes at the distraction and turns to him. She grabs his arm, opens her mouth wide and bites off the hand just below the wrist. He screams in pain and she thrusts the now stump into a nearby fireplace to cauterize it. We cut away as his screams grow louder. Eh, fuck him, he's a traitor. Yeah, he's a traitor. (laughs) (laughs) The gang stops in the middle of a desert. Nothing around except for one dead tree. Rick jumps off his camel, walks over the tree and then starts counting out paces from it. He makes a number of turns and by the time he's done, the tracks in the sand look like an Egyptian eye, but with two pupils. Him standing at the centre of it. He reaches down into the sand and finds his catch, pulls it, then steps back as the pupils of the eye grind away to reveal a staircase below. We watch as one by one they enter until they all disappear into the dark. Skeleton Rick O'Connor. <laughs> we stay on the open entrance for a beat, only to see Arminet's feet enter the frame. The gang walking through the dust-covered, spiderweb-strewn, quite narrow hallway. It's dark, but Jenny in the lead has a large, army-issued flashlight. Jekyll is amazed at the discovery, yammering on about the context of this small underground maze. And that's what it is. It's a maze. They wind backwards and forwards through the tunnel. At one point, Nick from nowhere cries out to stop. And they all do, except Skeleton Rick O'Connell. And a series of spears fire out of the walls, and one passing straight through Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny's like, how did you know that? And Nick's like, I don't know. This happens a number of more times as they go. There are traps, but Nick somehow knows where they all are. So for me, this is just because he's got this connection with Set and they're getting closer to the stone. Yeah. They make their way through the centre of the maze and into a high-vaulted chamber. Just as they enter, Jenny's flashlight flickers and goes off. Damn. Out of battery. Hold on, says Skeleton Rick O'Connell. He grabs a century-old wooden torch from a sconce in the wall. Anyone got a light? <laughs> Nick gets out a lighter and after a few click, the torch flares to life, revealing Arminet standing right oh. beside them. Abdu's off in the background somewhere behind them. Nick screams. Jenny goes to throw a punch, which Amanet blocks easily and smacks her down. Then the mummy turns and thrusts the dagger lovingly into Nick's centre. From the protruding hilt, we see the bright red ruby is already on the end of it. So basically, she's used her mummy powers to get down there first and was just waiting for them. Fucking hell. Now, I really like Jekyll's idea of evil as an infection. So here I want to do this like close-up view of the blade of the dagger inside of Nick's body as we see microscopic curls of black come off the blade and enter his bloodstream. Yep, nice. We move back outside Nick's body and Nick throws his head back and we see his pupils split. Arminet's in full That's cell- creepy, the splitting yeah, pupils. Yeah, I, I like really that. like no, it. I like that. I yeah. wish they hadn't done it in the trailers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I, yeah. What a waste. Uh, so Nick throws his head back and Arminet's in full celebration mode as Nick, now set, takes a deep breath and smiles at her. But then we see his eyes flicker, the pupils attempting to converge. Nick's face screws up in rage as a fight takes place between Set and Nick for possession of his body. Nick gets thrown backwards almost as though he's been hit, slamming into a nearby pillar. The pillar wobbles. Arminet steps close to him. Nick's hand lashes out and grabs her by the wrist. Nick's gaze looks up at her. And he says, you should have chosen somebody else. And then sucks the unholy light from her as she slowly reverts <laughs> back into the dried husk she should be. <laughs> Was it as good as it's not you, it's me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jenny cries out, I don't understand. And Jekyll explains that Nick's body must be fighting the infection. That because this wasn't someone who worshipped Set or wanted him in this world, Nick's able to maintain some control. But it won't last, he explains. We're going to have to kill him if we want to rid the world of this evil. What? Jenny cries. Doctor, you can't be serious. But the doctor's not in anymore. Jekyll's body starts to ripple and Hyde steps up to the plate. 
Oh, hello, he draws. What have we got here? Someone who needs killing? <laughs> Hyde charges at Nick, who with his new godly strength throws the beast into a nearby wall. The cavern shudders. Hyde leaps forward, laying a punch on Nick that throws him back into the same pillar, and the cavern shudders again and keeps shuddering. Clearly, the place is going to come down. We need to go, Jenny screams. But Hyde and Nick ignore her as they enter a grappling match. Abdu is still whimpering in the corner. <laughs> Skeleton Rick O'Connell is just hanging back, pretty chilled, like he's seen all this before. <laughs> Jenny races over to Jekyll's bag and pulls out the three-pronged syringe. I mean, to have a small piece of stone fall on her hand, causing her to drop it where it smashes on the ground. She looks Fuck. up, hopeless. Yep. Nick and Hyde continue to grapple. The doctor wants you dead, boy, Hyde tells him. It's not often he and I see eye to eye, but I must say I do enjoy it when it happens. <laughs> Nick tells him, I can beat this. We can find a cure instead. Hyde replies, nah, killing's more fun. <laughs> Nick gathers his resolve and we see his pupils split again. Steam starts to pour out from where his hands are holding Hyde. Hyde screams and very slowly he reverts back to Jekyll. But Nick doesn't stop. He smiles wickedly as Jekyll starts to wither. Set is in control. Nick's pupils flicker and he screams as once more he forces control of his body, forcing himself to let go of Jekyll. Jekyll falls unconscious, but alive. Nick's panting and in shock, but Jenny screams his name, bringing him out of his reverie. Rick grabs Jekyll and hauls him out of there as they all race to leave the chamber. Abdu leaps up and follows them, five paces behind, five paces too slow as a giant piece of rock as a giant piece of rock falls between him and the entrance, blocking him in the chamber as it falls down around him. Good. We cut to Rick's grave. Rick's half in it, looking up at Nick and Jenny. He tells them, sorry I couldn't tell where the Book of the Living is. But you'll know it when you see it. It's covered in gold. It's kind of hard to miss. With a final good luck, Rick reburies himself, and Nick's eyes split as he uses his new power to turn Rick back into an unanimated corpse. Jenny looks at the still unconscious Jekyll nearby. She's like, what about him? Leave him there, Nick says. He'll be fine. And besides, we have some treasure to find. The two ride off as we pan up and over Egypt. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Are they being yeah, yeah. chased by a... Uh... Sandstorm? A sandstorm? If you want. Yeah. yeah. No, I do. I do want. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> I, got the ability. Yeah. I definitely want a sandstorm chase. What I like about this is that within the space of a week, I've experienced two really enjoyable mummy films. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I, I, is it better than the one I saw? It's as good as. So okay. that's a huge compliment, Damon. Okay. Because I thought the original. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know. Well, hang on. Are you in gonna terms watch? of no, in terms of like you know, classical storytelling and, and a good film, this is better. Oh yeah, no <laughs> shit, yeah. No, to be fair, I actually, mean, it's Skeleton Rick O'Connell. Uh, that was Skeleton Rick O'Connell was good. Um, I didn't want oh. it to be too dumb, like it needed cause. I'm like, annoyed you didn't keep it. him it's alive at the end. I mean, you could if you wanted to. Yeah, but he served his purpose. Yeah, I'm like, you could overdo it. Basically, I would worry. The, we've got a new mummy. Do you Should, know what I mean? Would we get more out of it if he looked like Brendan Fraser? But how could he? Like, for me, with Nick coming back to life, it's because yeah. he literally just died an hour before, so he looks normal okay, other yeah. than his reflection. Unless, unless, unless you make it zombie Rick O'Connell and he's kind of, like, missing his bottom yeah, half of his face, yeah. but he's still got the, the eyes and the hair bit, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he could offer him the option at the end, like, you want to you want to stay out here? And he's just kind of like, eh, pieces of his face are falling off. He's like, ah, I'm pretty tired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just climbs I'm, I'm back in. Done. I like that he climbs back in and buries himself. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is he next to his wife? Is he next to his wife's yeah. grave? Yeah. yeah. So that'd be nice. He wants to go back there. And yeah. Go, yeah. He, 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 you literally have him be like, but you know, 
You know where to find me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, cool. that's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. Um, I miss one scene in the film that I quite liked was mm. the underwater thing where, yeah. where yeah, look, she appeared behind like them and Jenny too. got drowned. I was trying to think of how you could basically do that with the Nile coming yeah. up. Yeah. But, I mean, that was pretty long already. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless you make it the tomb is under the Nile. So yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm. When they go to the father's tomb, perfect. Yeah. Because I didn't have a good lead in for that. So the father's tomb's in the Nile. So because that was a real, like, visually, that was a really powerful scene and it was chilling. Like, you watch it, she's behind her and it's just like, the best part of that scene is it highlights that bit where Tom Cruise says early on in the film to Nick, uh, to Nick, to Jake Johnson, <laughs> yeah. Vale, Vale. Yeah. He's like, think, yeah. I've got this. Like, trust me, we're going to be okay. Right. Gonna be and, okay then, yeah. and then the building collapses. It's literally the same yeah. thing. He's like, no, we're fine. Everything's going to be okay. And then, um, <laughs> just nothing is okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah. I liked it. I liked it sets up the dark universe. So Podium yep. still exists. <clears throat> I don't know if you still want to have it end where Hyde wakes up. Like there's a sting at the end of the credits where Jekyll wakes up and is like. Oh, see, I didn't stick around till the end of the credits. There is a, no, there isn't a sting. There, there isn't a sting. Oh, okay. Right. But I'm saying, do we have a beat? Just to, just to, just to say we're, we're doing a franchise yes. where Hyde is like, well, they're off finding a cure or they're looking for the book of the life, so I need to, I need to help yeah, them okay. find it. Or even better, Jekyll goes back to Prodigam and he's like, oh, well, you know, they're looking for the book of life. And he looks mm. in the mirror and there's Hyde staring back at him. He's like, well. Mm. We better find it first. Then. Yeah, yeah, that's Henry. good. Yes. Yeah. Tom, you and I talked after we saw it that we weren't that sold on Jekyll sort of working for this big corporation. Mm. Yeah. What might have been more interesting is if he just it was selfish. desperately, yeah, he wants a cure okay. to get rid of what he's got. Yes. And so, yeah, I, what did we say? Like maybe it would be cool at the end if he's like riding off with Nick and together they're going to find the cure because they both want to cure it. Yeah. See, I still like them as opponents. Yeah, me too. I yeah, think, I I think, think like the biggest scheme of the franchise, the that's yeah. going to have more power. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'll tell you one thing I wanted. I liked that you didn't sort of go down the romance angle with it. No. Which no. is good because sometimes like that friendship uh, sort of story forced. is- It feels forced. Like even yeah. for this one, how it, it, like it did, literally they'd yeah. already slept together. Yeah. I didn't need any of that. It was forced. You don't really like, buy into it. You can have them as like, like I wanted a bit of the banter between them. Like they're sort of bumping heads. Right, yeah. right. Like they're, they're, they're that kind of friends where, yeah. yeah, they have that relationship. But then also when the moment when it counts, when he needed that fucking big hug, mm-hmm. well, she gave it to him. Which know? was a beautiful moment. For me, what this- it's sort of just missing is I mm. think at the start, Nick should be a bit of a piece of shit. I think, yeah, he's yeah. a journalist and I think he's doing okay, it yeah, for yeah. not great reasons. Yeah. And I think she's the soldier who's been assigned to look yeah, after good. him. And she's a bit like, she has no respect you know for him is? at the start. He's not a journalist for like times or anything. He's just mm. like fucking playboy. Right. Like yeah. He's there to Something photograph like, like soldiers looking cool. Well, he's literally like, make, he's making a living off blood. It's blood money. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, she would hate that. And she would hate the fact that I'm I'm a fucking soldier yeah, and I have okay. to yeah, I'm babysit this. you. And they should have that. And then over the course of the film, I think, a friendship forms, they earn respect. And yeah. then like it gives him – I don't think he has enough of an arc. Yeah, I think okay. what you did, you made him a great character like the original Rick O'Connell. Yeah. But I just think if he started out as a piece of shit and became a good man at the end, cool. and yeah. that just makes it more powerful that he fights because, off because the Tom position Cruise is, thing. Tom yeah. Cruise is a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. Yes. He didn't know there were two parachutes. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I quite liked about his character. Yeah. That's why I yeah. think if, if you just just that tweak is rather making him a respectable journalist. He's a photographer for like Playboy or some men's magazine yeah. yep. and he's like, you know, I've, you know. Kind of glorifying the, war yeah, and there, everything. There can be a yeah. scene where she's like, you're a piece of shit. He's like, no, I did lots of good photography work. She like throws the magazine at him and she's like, oh, this is like, yes, yep. those boob looks amazing yeah, in that yep. light. Even the at lighting. the start, like there's a dead body and he asks her, can you just move it into frame a little bit more because he yeah, wants to get a sexier beautiful. shot, you know, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Just, she just fucking hates him. Yeah, I think just give him a little bit more of an arc. But yeah, fuck. Yeah, good. I, I, had, I, I had a good time. I had a good time. I had the five ticks. Yeah, it had five ticks. <laughs> yeah. for Rick. So can I yeah. say it's got five ticks? The mm. the new the original mummy that you've not the the rebooted mummy yes. has yes. only four ticks. Yeah. So five ticks out of five. Cool. Uh, one more thing Still, I liked that mm. the film did 
and I kind of would like to see a little bit more on this. I liked that. Uh, what's the mummy's name? I can never remember. Arminet. Arminet. I, yeah. I liked. How do you like, not remember that name? They uh, say it like forty thousand uh, times. She's the mummy. Whatever. I liked that they built her thing with Tom Cruise a little bit, mm-hmm. even if it wasn't real, and she was just trying to like yeah. use him. But yeah. she. I, I would have liked to see her like affect Nick a little bit more and yes. kind of show him both that, sides. That, when he goes yeah, to sleep yeah. and this insects come out, I think it'd be cooler if you actually saw him okay. having the dream, like the weird dream he has is, is literally that scene where he's like with her. Yeah. yeah. The desert and she's like, my love. And he's like, what the fuck is you this? You want right? a weird bond with them okay. so that it, you want to go further than what the actual film did too, almost to the point where it's like he's got to choose. It's kind of like, well, she makes some good points. Hmm. And all that sort of thing, and yeah, you got to have that. You just got to have a bit more of a moment at the end, I think, where he's got to make a choice to be There's, a good person or be the same person he's always been. See, I, don't, I that didn't love bit. that he was even ever really thinking about going with the undead mummy. Like yeah. to me, that because the film didn't. They, 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 they almost started it, it. They yeah, almost, yeah, but, but they, they didn't, didn't justify it. Yeah. There's a cool bit where she's when she's tied up and she's like, "I just wanted my dad to like me," and yeah. that's like, "Oh, see, that's that's great. That's really like yeah. she, she up until she stabbed him." Yeah, yeah, but no, but that's because he didn't like her. I know because he was pushing her to be the hero. And then he's yeah. like, ah, you're not the fair anymore. And she's like, you right. only love me because I was the fair. Yeah. Fuck you, dad. Yeah. Like that was relatable. So I think if you if you just have scenes where Nick's having weird dreams, flashbacky. So mm-hmm. there's that because that great moment in the in the reboot. When I say original, you know which one I'm talking. about. <laughs> yeah. In the original, where uh, he's like, she doesn't have a hold on me, and they just drive back and they're back yeah. to the church. Yeah. And he's I like, was actually, oh my god, she has yes. a hold on me. I was actually even thinking I should have kept that in there because I generally love that theme. I wrote a list of the things I did like about it. Yeah. The Tom Cruise version, and that was on there. And that, that is awesome. Like what you're saying. That's a perfect example of something that Jake Johnson would make work much, much better, better than Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'd be he'd, like, it would be great. He's like, she's not in my head. She might be in my head. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But now, oh, look, good work, Dama. Thanks, yeah. dude. Thanks yeah, for nice. thanks for taking us yeah, to ro- Egypt. Rocky at the start because yeah. Tom Cruise, you know, he was dude. perfect in the film. Mm, he wasn't. Okay. Because <laughs> my main, yeah, my main issue, he didn't do the comedy well. Obviously, he can oh, do action. I, see, awesomely. I thought he did the comedy it's well. It's so weird. I really, no. really enjoyed watching the film, mm. and yet Tom Cruise wasn't good enough, no. and Rusty wasn't good enough for me. Mm. See, that was the other thing. I wanted Rusty more of the film because it felt a bit like he was planted in there clearly to set up the next few. Yeah. He's a Nick Fury, I'm but like, he needs to be more present. Well, that's it. Like, yeah. you've got an archaeologist, but you don't need an archaeologist. You've got him who knows all this shit. So yeah. you've got a he redundant needs be, character. He used to be a there. more engaging character, too. Like, yeah. Oh, that's like, I'm curious to see what his solo film will be as Jack. I don't, I don't think he'll get, get one. one. Oh, really? like, like, oh, he's going to be the next Fury. I imagine yeah, he's Nick Fury, Fury. Yeah, yeah, and then he's not going to get one. Because um, the next one we get is Bride of Frankenstein, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, Bride and of then Frankenstein. I think The Invisible Man. Yeah. Which, oh, can't, can't wait for that one. That's mm. going to be, yeah. <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait. For, you know, no, it's good, though, because he'll be invisible. I won't have to fucking look at it. Correct. Correct. All right. Anyway. Well, on that note, I've been Damien. I've been Handsome Tom. I've been Carney. And if you have any thoughts, ideas, or comments, or just want to say hi, you can send us an email at moviemaintenance at sanspantsradio.com or find us on Twitter at MMSansPants or on our individual Twitters. I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Awkward Treed. I'm at Sidekick of Dowie. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks. Bye. listening if you want to help support the show why not become a member at sanspantsplus.com and get early access to our shows a bunch of exclusive content and much much more that's sanspantsplus.com want truly hydrated skin meet body care breakthrough hyaluronic body serum 
It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.